0: All right. Uno, dos, tres. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. My name is Addy Nett, and I've got my main man, Casey Carpenter, with me. And you are either watching or listening to... M-L-O. Yes, sir. Episode 293. (sighs) 1,680. Now, this one's gonna be interesting because we're trying to be relevant, right? Current media, we're talking debt ceiling. So how does this impact the real estate market? How does it impact mortgages, affordability, and interest rates? And it's a little confusing, Casey, because you turn on the TV and it's like, The world's falling apart. hundred percent. We might be coming to a deal. Like we're arguing about recess or what we're packing for lunch
1: (laughs) for the kids. Right? And it's on every news channel. I mean, everything, the radio. Yeah, it's been everywhere this month for sure for the month of May. Um, But, I mean, it's a topic of conversation. It comes comes up every time and time again Time, and time again.
0: yeah we were actually trying to figure out like how many times has the and we did not google it sorry no. but i think it is at least eight or ten times this has happened before i mean it just happened with the trump administration which is surprising no one's mentioned that to me exactly we just forgot about
1: it yeah just water on the bridge <laughs> but this one's particularly bringing a lot more media attention right yeah and i think i mean you're in we're in a higher interest rate market good point. and so you have this going on and Remember that like inflation inflation here. like it's not a good time for this to come up right mm. but here we are because the pandemic
0: was a better time i guess
1: <laughs> lower rates yeah right.
0: yeah yeah less pressure
1: yeah less yeah. pressure now it means a lot more does it push rates higher does it make buying affordability less? Yeah. We'll find out. So you're gonna give a crack at.
0: You had some notes here. We, yeah, we actually got... did a longer pre-meeting than this podcast will even be. Yeah, 100%. So hit us with what you're thinking. What are your thoughts? We're gonna so, explain what could happen, what has happened and how that really does impact you. So stay with us guys. There's gonna be some tips here. Um, particularly when we go into segment two and three of this app, we're going to chat about these closing costs, how we can get over them, how much does it really change your payment, et cetera. So, Casey, sorry.
1: Yeah. I'll shut up. No. Perfect intro. But it's the debt ceiling. Everyone's like, well, what does that mean? What's going on? Like, What is the debt ceiling? Is it just like a ceiling? Like push up or uh-huh. do we lower it down? But really essentially, guys, it's just at the point at which the government um, has that ability or does not have that ability to make the payments for its obligations that it's already made in the past. So does it essentially have the money to pay for the things and the long-term uh, contracts, the treasuries it's already borrowed and needs to be repaid? So does it have that money? And it comes up to kind of a squeeze threshold. And with that, it's how does that US and how does the government get the money? Well, they get it from either issuance of treasuries borrowing mm-hmm. that money? or sources of income, Mm -hmm. revenue, taxes, taxes, right? Mm -hmm. So all it is is they're running out of that room to repay the debts that they've already agreed upon. So that's the debt ceiling. It's just now we're up to a squeeze. Can we push that out so we can borrow more money to continue making these payments?
0: Yeah, and I think the debate too, within the government side is they're wanting them to cut spending. So that's the back and forth. How are we gonna cut spending? How are we gonna where are we gonna find more money from other taxes? Like there was even some chat I saw on a highlight this morning on the news that they were talking about resetting student loan payments.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like
0: restarting them. Yeah. Just wiping Whoa. it clean and restart. So it's gonna be really interesting. I love the way you explain that too. And let's know we've never defaulted. That has never happened. So if Key it up. did, historically, this would be a very, very big event, obviously. 100%. How does that impact interest rates, which impacts our clients being able to buy a home and what they have to pay for it every single month?
1: Yeah. And I mean, the funny part is it's kind of this political theater, right? Mm. Because like Addie just mentioned, we've never defaulted on the debt. So chances are, just like we've seen, they're going to probably put a deal together. They're probably going to make it happen they're probably going to increase the debt ceiling so they can continue making their payments and kind of kick that can down the road another couple of years i think what they just talked about was um they'll agree on it and it'll come back up in 2025 or something mm-hmm. we'll renegotiate but you have one side of, you know, we'll
0: renegotiate when we have a
1: different president. <laughs> exactly. That's like, all it is, is pushing it to a different yeah, oh, administration. Yeah. And they don't want to have that during election year next year. You know, they don't want to be worrying about the debt ceiling, things like that. But to Addy's point, like if the U.S. were to default on its obligations, it would be serious. Right. Missed Treasury payments could cause a major fallout in the financial markets. And then, you know, you have the other things that, like, for me being a veteran, military contracts, military pay. So the so chances scary. of them ever actually defaulting. Very slim. Very slim. But how does that affect the rates? Well, you have smart people out there, kind of like me and Addy, but not on the mortgage side, but on the trading side, investment side. And they're going to take that play, that hedge, right? So you had uh, – Traders make defensive measures and what they are, are they're betting that we would default. And so all that really actually does is cause volatility in that bond market. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is that directly affects the interest rates. Right. It goes right over to the interest rates. So them pulling out of bonds or pulling out of stocks yeah. makes those rates you know, have that pressure and move up. So what we saw in the last couple of weeks, especially last week, is we saw those interest rates kind of move up. They were sitting there in that nice kind of happy medium, mid to higher six range. And now you're seeing them at the 7% range. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think another thing to note as well is, A lot of people get confused when they're buying a home and then they're getting pre-approved because they get swindled by the way a mortgage person presents the interest rate. Yep. Because there's so much more behind the curtain than just what that number is. Oh, I can get you 6.5%. And everyone else you talk to is saying you could get them 75 And and the average person who doesn't know the next question just thinks that's better. They don't know that you can charge a client a very, very high fee for that lower interest rate. Yep. So it's <clears throat> something to be mindful of. Like if you hear some, oh, our rates haven't changed or we have the lowest rates in town. Honestly, if it like, that's not the way to go and try to work with a market person. 100%. Like, work with the, someone that's gonna explain, hey, this is the cost for it. We might actually wanna do a higher interest rate cause it's less cash out of my pocket. Put that in the savings, right? Yeah. Have A little nest fund, never a bad idea. Never. And then wait out the storm until you have an opportunity to refinance. Now, you were chatting with me, Casey, a little bit earlier. It's like, oh man, if rates go up or down, you know, a quarter percentage, which is much different than what the public hears when the Fed say, "Oh, we're raising the interest rates by fifty basis points." That doesn't mean the rate went from seven and a half to eight. That means the cost, the baseline cost from a Fed level, not the mortgage company, usually increases by 50 basis points, which is a half percentage of the amount borrowed in additional fees to keep the rate the same. I'm hoping people are grasping that because that's the number one thing people get miscued is they see that like news the feds hiked the rate again a full point they're just naturally thinking that it's a percentage point higher when really it's just kind of a higher cost or one-tenth of a percentage higher
1: yeah 100 percent because you hear it like the feds did the quarter percent hike or half a percent or right. a point and like in that consumer's mind it's that's where they got interesting and you don't, i don't blame them no i don't blame them yeah. either i mean let's be honest you're not in the daily grind and you're probably not in finance so yeah. it's just for you it's just like hey interest rates went up that percent no that's just the cost to borrow that money right that's not the actual interest rate and when they hike rates like we've explained they're hiking the federal fund rate the cost to borrow money directly mm. correlated to your credit cards your car loans personal lines helocs stuff like that and then that just carries over into the mortgage interest rate market so when they hike rates it's not like hey we're just hiking the mortgage interest rates for your home being borrowed mm. no We're changing the cost to borrow money. And then it trickles down into all those markets, markets, car financing, personal and home financing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think another conversation multiple times I've had with clients is this debate of like how much down payment to put, how much to spend on closing costs. First, number one, a high percentage of buyers are able to work with lenders like me and their agent to negotiate the sellers to pay some and sometimes all of your closing costs folks this could be 10,000 15,000 it's a lot of cash up front on top of your down payment very good to understand that most sellers going on the market right now are being educated by their selling agents that there's a high percentage chance that our buyers or people offering on our property are going to need those closing costs covered because of rates being high or the fee for the rate being high. So people understand this. So if you're on the sidelines and you're like, oh, I'm just waiting for the right, the right time. I need the the timing piece is really, really hard because when the rates reduce, the demand goes up. So you're back to Black Friday special lines, right? (laughs) You're just right back to it. So. Getting to square one and knowing, hey, I'm in an opportunity that a low down payment, first-time home buyer, and I can get closing costs covered. That's something, if we re- rewind the tape, we didn't have for almost three years during the pandemic. 100%. Nuts. Nuts. Absolutely. Another conversation piece I'm having with people that might be sidelining and waiting it out or even buying, right? I tell them, look, analyze your personal money right now we see a lot of people who have done an amazing job saving their money, right? Oh, I'm saving up to buy home, saving yep. up to buy home. And it's sitting in a very low interest yielding account, like 0.2% or 0.3%. Right now, because of the market we're in, a lot of banks are actually paying a really high percentage yeah. of interest rates for high yield savings accounts. Yeah. Um, for example, the most recent one, I can't name the bank because we aren't sponsored by them, but paying 3.99%. Yep. That is a lot. Yeah. If you put $25,000 in a monthly compounding 399 yield, you're making almost $1,000 a year off of that 25K. Yeah. That Yeah, is a lot of money. When there's people that are like, oh, I don't want to buy a house because the interest rate went up 0.2 because the payment $60 more a month. Well, using 25K and putting it into an interest rate makes you 1,000 a year. That combats that quite aggressively. Yeah, So good point. to think through, like, don't have your money parked in very volatile markets or low interest yielding. Like, I've even seen a couple of credit unions offering, like, 5 and 6%. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That's what so, I was going to push. And, like, with that, you know, that change of interest rates even – and, again, timing's everything, right? So locking in a rate from last week compared to this week is completely different in some of that pricing and interest rate market, right? Yeah. So timing is everything, but you can't – you can't always gauge that as the right time, right? right. I mean, what, if you're going to wait for one specific week and be like, okay, this is when I'm getting my offer accepted, I'm locking in my rate, I'm putting my money in the right financial account, like that's a lot to bear. So in that point of when the interest rate moves and change, you know, essentially on a $400,000 loan, if the interest rate changes a quarter percent, you're looking at around $60 a month in that change. Yeah. For instance, 6.5 to 6.75, 60 bucks. 6.75 to 7%, 60 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But like Addie's point there, if you put your money into a nice savings account that's yielding 3.99 right. or 5%, you've completely combated that change and you're actually doing it on a smart level. You don't need yeah. to spend the extra money to go down and beat your neighbor up, and you know, because you've got the lower interest rate than right. he did. And we already did a ramble on that, but. You've actually now saved yourself some costs up front. You've got your money in a bank account that's making you that difference and above. So you're saving money there and making money. And then you're going to be the smart borrower and you're going to refinance later on as you listen to your advisors when the rates come back down. So,
0: yeah. And I think, too, you know, our market and I think this goes for a lot of different markets, the homes that are still selling at a very high demand pace and holding their value are suburbial, good public school neighborhoods. You're still seeing strong demand in that, particularly in the Pacific Northwest where we see a lot of people from California exiting that state for whatever reason and coming to a lower cost of living. Because from their perspective, Not only is it way cheaper, traffic's better, the air quality's better, taxes are easier. So that's where you're seeing at least a lot of these different markets still be very supportive. Now, where I'm seeing a lot of decrease or depreciation and deals to be had, depending on your point of view and your attitude, is inner city purchases, particularly like 2-1 bungalows, 3-1 bungalows, you're like 1940, 50, 60s with a basement yeah. because the demand there for inner-city education, non-existent, most families need multiple bathrooms. So if you are, if you don't have kids and you're not dependent on a school, that is really the only scenario I'm seeing right now to get a deal deal, Yeah, a deal. And I'm still saying deal to me is like, Fair market value with sellers paying all your closing costs. I'm still hearing some people are like, "I'd really if I could get an eight fifty home for seven fifty, I'd make a move on it." Well, you should look at seven fifty homes and buy them at seven fifty because I think we we're like 100%. exiting out of this mass like exodus. Like some people still are hinged on this. Like I'm waiting for my chance to get a hundred grand under. But you got to understand these sellers are carrying a mortgage at like a 2% rate. So why would they sell it at such a loss when they could just rent it out at a break-even or cash flow?
1: Totally, totally. And you still still have the inventory issue. That's the thing. So you have such low inventory that that housing crash that everybody's waiting for, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen right now because you have that such low inventory people are very well vetted and qualified on the home loan now Mm -hmm. that you know them defaulting on their payments and the abundance of houses out there up for sale that's just not the case right now so you're going to sit on the sidelines waiting for that hundred grand drop that's not going to happen right it's true so buy at 750. (laughs) (laughs) i just i i i i feel bad that i'm kind of
0: dogpiling
1: on that but it's like We hear it a lot. I mean, we we hear it a lot from the clients that, and our frustration is, guys, is we know that there's opportunities out there for you to buy, because as we've preached, real estate's one of the best investments for you and your family to grow your net wealth. Right. And sitting on the sideline, missing those opportunities, missing those years of payments, it's actually causing you to have less money. Like, you're going to sit there and wait for the next market, the next market turn, and it's just not happening right now. So you have opportunities right now to buy yourself a home and you're sitting and choosing not to because of your own theories that you're putting in place. But really there's houses out there that can go for sale. A good example is just last week I was able to get a VA client into a purchase. 475000 was the purchase price. Fifteen grand seller credit, seller to cover those closing costs. When there's other offers on the table. So what does that tell you right there? That that client is getting in with using a zero down benefit on VA home loan loan. Yep. At a four seventy-five price with the seller covering the closing costs. That's a great deal. That's right. Really that client deal. is is building his wealth now and rocking and, rockin and rolling while the other person out there is like, oh, I want the hundred grand off or I want this and that, but like, you don't have to have the crazy down payment. You don't have to have all the money for closing costs. Like those deals are still out there. You just gotta work with the right advisors to get you into them.
0: Yeah. And sorry if that seemed a little awkward. We had a technical difficulty with my mind. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's even fixed. Cheryl was like, try to tell me something. Uh, We're in. But I love that you brought up the VA thing. I think there's a lot of opportunities for veterans um, to do that zero down program and get a lot of those um, closing costs covered. And that's a huge advantage. But don't forget, guys, especially with like new construction. So you got to understand the builders need to sell these homes. They bought the material, they paid the labor, they're sitting on interest for what it costs to build this. They yeah. got to sell it. They're losing money every single month. So you're able to do a lot of interesting things, whether it's like negotiate appliances or window coverings or a fence or
1: upgraded deck or yeah. a patio
0: cover, all these things that just weren't available.
1: Yeah, that builder has a line that they've built their their homes with, that they need to repay. So they're not in the business of just sitting there watching a finished home just sit there. They need to offload that, sell that to the next borrower so they can repay that chunk of their line and pull the money and start the next build next door and move on. You have sellers out there that sometimes are into contract or actively hunting. They don't want to be sitting on two mortgage payments. No, They're ready to sell as well. So you know, having zero down 10%, 20% working with the right advisors to talk with those listing agents and those sellers to let them know that, Hey, your financing is solid, whatever that is. You're a great client. You've got great work history, credit scores there. You're the best deal to take because otherwise they're just looking at paper. And at the end of the day, the sellers, the builders, their goal is to sell. And they're looking to sell. They're not looking to sit on the fence. I love that. I think, you know, we're drifting off a little
0: bit, but to like bring it back to a concluding chapter and it buds to the starting point yes. with the debt ceiling. So they're going to come to a decision in a couple of days. Like They'll probably come to terms. They never haven't. We'll see. 100%. But if they do not, you might see interest rates reduce. Now, if they do come to an agreement, which I think they will, I think they will might have a little like flash in the pan. Oh, it's a little better, and then it'll go back to normal. Yeah, because guess what the pre-existing issue was before? Inflation. Yes, which is still the they don't even have a leash on it. They're still like goose hunting. Great point. So we still have an inflation problem, which is to, uh, fueled by accessibility to credit. When I say that, credit cards. Yeah. We are swiping as a country, tapping now. I guess people don't really swipe, we tap, yeah, yeah, tap, and put tap, it on the- chip. Tap. <laughs> <laughs> we're ch- we're chipping and tapping as a country, and we're still spending a ton of money, which is a big issue in the costs. Um, and yeah. until that even starts drifting, the Feds have made it very clear that they aren't going to continue baseline increases. Like. And that's the biggest concern, but the, big, the next step, I think, really, is that presidential election. We're going to see any big change, good or bad, I think it's going to be coming when we're dropping ballots. What yeah. do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, the debt ceiling was really just this month's talking point, yeah. guys. It was just the thing that was on everybody's radar, but guess what next month is? It's the Fed meeting, so that'll be the new talking point. It'll be the new focus point of interest rates, and at the end of the day, um, the Feds have made it clear— that until they see inflation come down, right. which I think CPI is sitting around like a 5.5 right now, and the Fed's target is 2%. So that is well far We're beyond over their- double. T- yeah, they're over double. So until they see that trend start to come down, rate hikes can still be on the table. Everything else can still be higher. Yeah. So debt ceiling was just a piece of the conversation that's passed now. Hopefully they'll get that settled and we'll move on. But then we have next month. So right. guys- it just comes back to you talking with your advisor, looking at your options, making the best decision for you right now, and then in the future, just know you'll yeah. probably make some changes because we're in finance and markets, and they go up and they go down.
0: And in the meantime, my, my biggest takes and conversations I'm having with people is, hey, where do we park our money that it makes us good interest? Take a, just take a little glance at those accounts. Yeah. and." It makes a big difference. Even Googling like interest savings calculator and plug how much money you have, put in like a 3.99 rate on the high interest yield yeah. average and see what that money gets you because at least have it make you some money. Secondly, be wary of swiping credit cards. Now, we all use, hopefully, you're using credit as a tool, right? Here's the thing once you start stacking up your balances and you increase that credit utilization ratio which quickly the amount of balance relative to the credit limit you have gives you a percentage right so credit works in stages of um credit utilization ratio for the most part the higher you go up the lower your score be super mindful of that because you might be saving and spending too much. And then all of a sudden you're getting 50% utilization, 75. Your credit goes from 760 to 680. Rates go down, but your credit score went down. So you got the old crap rate.
1: Yeah. That's a great point though. So be
0: super mindful that making money off the savings you already have and your credit score literally is just as powerful as a cash asset.
1: Very, very good point. Absolutely. Don't rack that credit card up. Rack it, stack it. Unless you're going to pay it off every month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again, everyone, for for tuning in today. Now, once again, if there's anything that Casey and I can do to help you, whether it's just a conversation about planning to buy a home, or maybe you're looking to list your home, or you're going to relocate, should I lease, or this, or that, you got to give us a call. Hit that like button, a little comment. Our deets are in the episode as well. Hit us up. Our information is there. We're here as a resource. We're not going nowhere. Yeah, we love the reach outs every single time. So until next time, we will. Catch Catch you later. later. Ah, We said the same thing. That was nice.